the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I think you know I'm Dottie Herman, and welcome to Eye on Real Estate. As you know, everybody talks about real estate. Everybody wants to know about real estate. It's the uni- I call real estate the universal language because there isn't anyone I know, whether they're rich, poor, whether they have a $20 million house, or they're renting an apartment, okay, Everyone wants to know what's going on in real estate. After a while, sometimes I say, okay, enough. I mean, but you'll never run out of words when you're in real estate. It's really a, a very popular, every, everyone, no matter what country, everybody likes to know about it. And of course, especially New York City. You can tune into the show, of course, um, every Saturday. As you know, I've been doing this a long time. Um, this week, I am thrilled to uh, join three very special guests. Um, at 10 a.m., I'll be joined with the CEO for New York City and the president, the CEO and president for New York City and all of the Northeast region for Douglas Elliman, Richard Ferrari, who also is a good friend. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Dottie. I'm going to talk to you in seven. I can't wait to talk. We like really can talk about a lot. You're going to want to hear this. Um, at okay. 11, we'll be joined by Lois Weiss who's the writer for the New York Post and Between the Bricks. And she'll discuss uh, some commercial things about what's going on for new things on Madison Avenue and what's going on in the retail. And at 11.30, we'll be joined by Stephen Moranis. He's a real estate and strategist columnist for the Financial Post from Canada um, and the president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. And he's going to give us an insight of, like, what? Is, is Canada going through the same things that we are? Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Dottie Herman. Or you can visit me at www.dottieherman for exciting news and the latest information. And, of course, we always love to hear from you. So you can call in at 866-970-9622. And uh, we'll always answer your questions. And if we can't, we'll find somebody who does know the answer because there's nobody that knows everything. Believe me. So, Richard, I am so happy to have you on. Uh, we know each other a lot of years, and Richard is uh, running a huge company, Douglas Elliman, and he uh, probably is one of the best real estate guys I know. Uh, and as I said, you know, you read a lot of things in the paper that conflict, and a lot of these writers are really not in the, in the trenches. Richard's in the trenches. He's there every day in the trenches, so he's like, he knows the pulse of what's going on. So, Richard, what's going on? In real estate. 
Well, Dottie, first thing is I'm thrilled to be here with you. And uh, just so our listeners know, Dottie trained me. Okay, <laughs> when I first met her, she created the whole Montauk to Manhattan referral network and referral network for agents at Douglas Elliman, but also for our client base. Because boy, was it a good help for um, you know you know on, on the client end. Besides the added revenue for agents, Dottie. You did an unbelievable job in servicing a Douglas Elliman buyer or seller, whether they were in the Hamptons, whether they were in Queens, whether they were in Brooklyn, whether they were in Manhattan. So I do want to thank you because I have a lot to thank regarding my career to Dottie. But moving forward to today, 2023, summer, August, boy, is it a different market. It's a strong market, but whether you're in Westchester, whether you're in Connecticut, northern New Jersey, Long Island, a beach community, a bedroom community to Manhattan, there's a shortage of inventory, Dottie. And this is the first time in your career and my career that we've really been faced with such a shortage of inventory, which has its pluses and its minuses. Uh, So there are a lot of pluses to a shortage of inventory. Um, If you're thinking about being a seller, you're somewhat in the driver's seat right now. And, and that's you suggest, not always. Yeah, and if you're thinking about being a seller, if you're thinking of selling your home, I really believe that now is a great time to do that. <laughs> you hit it on the nose. You are correct on that. Because when um, if you're a seller, you know, obviously you're going to talk to your real estate agent and get some advice. But you're going to look at everything that's on the market. And you're going to put yourself in the position of a buyer as to what you would buy with the very little inventory that's on and at what price. Uh, And by doing that, a seller is going to be surprised that most likely their home, depending where it is, is worth more than they think it is, which is a positive. Dottie, we know on the negative side, if you're a buyer and you're struggling for a home right now, you have some restrictions, and it makes it difficult. But doesn't mean you wait, because what makes somebody happy is living in a great environment. That if you need a home, this isn't a bad time to be buying. It's just a tough time to be buying. Richard, I bought my house, my first house, I think when the interest rates were, uh, they went up to like 15 or 16 percent. And you couldn't lock in, like now you can lock in a mortgage rate, like you can, when you go and get qualified for, for a mortgage, you can lock it in for 90 days. Um, you couldn't lock in, so as the interest rates creeped up, when you started, if the interest rates were 13%, and by the time you closed, they were 14%, well then you would be 14%, and if you didn't qualify anymore, then you're out. So, Correct. Uh, so and I bought, and uh, you know what? I then refinanced when the market came down. So, and there's a lot of different options in mortgage. So if you're thinking of buying and at least get qualified, get pre-qualified, see what you can afford. And again, it's not only what you can, what the bank will give you, it's what you're comfortable with. with But hey, listen, I don't say this because I'm in real estate, but if you're, you know, if you're not watching the flippers that you think you can sell a property in 24 hours, and sometimes you can, I think real estate is the best long-term investment if you buy right. 
Scotty, I don't disagree with you. Uh, and you said it, if you buy right, it is the best long-term investment. And it's an investment that um, it's twofold. You get to touch it, live in it, and enjoy it. And hopefully it goes up in value because it usually does. There's no guarantees. Um, you know, but I'm going to say eight out of ten, you know, I, I know my client base. There's a few pockets that didn't go up in value. Certain neighborhoods change, and there's other pockets that are up tenfold in 15 years. But overall, real estate, residential real estate tends to be one of the best American investments you could ever possibly make. I, I, I agree. And, you know, when you look at over the long term, I mean, look, I used to say, oh, you know, we looked at overpriced houses and now they would be given away. It's, it's just that if you look, the only people that really got hurt, if you go back to, two, that was it 2008, that we had that whole financial crisis? Yeah, was, if you bought in 07 at the top of the market or 06, it took a long time to uh, recoup. And I'll, I'll use Greenwich, the most sought-after New York community, had a 10-year low, okay, from basically 2009 to the 2009, we're going to say, until covid Greenwich prices were flat. They didn't go up. But when the demand came in, when COVID came in oh. for a suburban or a country home, Greenwich skyrocketed. Okay, so, um, yes, but you, for about 10 years, it was a slow market in most of uh, southern Connecticut and most of Westchester, in most of northern New Jersey, and in lots of pockets in Long Island, not the Hamptons. Okay, but lots of pockets in uh, in Long Island. But COVID changed everything right now. And one of the um, greatest changes that COVID has done for the New York City metro tri-state real estate area and most of the country is it created a more appreciation for the home that you live in. Uh, it created a sense of I want to be happy in my home, uh, you know. My brother-in-law is in the building supply business. His building, his business boomed during COVID because of all the additions that were going on in homes, new windows in homes, landscaping. You know, the, the appreciation for the home that you lived in changed, which also brought on the fact that some homes were too large for you that you were living in and some were too small, which created a lot of... Uh, a lot of business for us as real estate brokers. Yes. Yeah, it, it created a lot of business for us. But it also put an appreciation for the home that you live in. You can drive through neighborhoods that are stunning. And I'm not talking high-end neighborhoods. I'm talking middle, you know, middle-income, you know, New York City suburban neighborhoods now. Between additions that were put on homes, re-landscaping that was done, there, COVID created a, a greater sense of pride and ownership. And well, part also, of it is that we were stuck in our homes exactly. for how long? <laughs> You're yeah. stuck in your home. And then you we see stuck. everything that's going on and you have nothing to do and you see every floor. So, yeah. uh, But I always tell people that, yeah, you know, because when I look at numbers and I, I, you know, get crazy with numbers sometimes because I think that they – they don't always reflect what's going on. Obviously, 
the markets nationally and in New York and the tri-state. Obviously, if you're going to compare them to 2021 or 2020, when everybody was fleeing the cities, because don't forget, you know, COVID hit New York pretty, you know, pretty bad. So everybody was moving. Everybody was trying to get out. Uh, there, that was a, an anomaly, okay? And then, you know, they had all those incentives where they had a 3% mortgage. And if you're waiting for that 3% mortgage to come back, I think you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. <laughs> You're going to be waiting for a long time. I'll never say never because we right. don't know what the future will bring. But let's look at the near-term future, which is now into five years. There's no indication that rates are coming back to the 3% level for mortgages. Will they come down a little from where they are? Let's say they're 65 to 7 on a fixed right now. But remember, if you're in the market for a mortgage, you can always go and adjustable. You can always buy a rate down to get that a little lower. But will they come down? Most most real estate executives and agents and brokers think that rates might come down 1%. And 1% can be a great saving. But the key is, if you need a home now, if your family is growing, if your family's not growing, Whatever your reason for moving is, outweigh the cost of money compared to the cost of happiness. And that's what I tell. I get so many calls from buyers and sellers that somebody gives them my name for some advice. And a seller, if it's money, well, what are you waiting for? Because we're at all-time highs in most markets for values right now. Well, I don't know what I can buy, so why move? Well, by the time there's a lot on the market, your house isn't worth as much. Sell now, you'll always find something. There's no harm if you had to rent for a year and position yourself to buy something when it comes on the market. But um, it's called happiness and where you're living in relation to the investment. Not only that, the average rate, I mean, I can tell you that in New York City, the average monthly rent jumped to $5,600. So um, you're going to spend that much, and you're going to be living, you know, you're not going to be moving in a year or two. Uh, that's a lot of money to spend on rent, and to me, you know, you don't sh- you don't have anything for it. I mean, obviously, if you No, move and you're talking a one-bedroom on that <laughs> yeah. in Manhattan. You know, not in, not in the uh, other boroughs, but, uh, well, Brooklyn is almost as expensive as Manhattan. Rents are through the roof right now i know i had a, a listener who who wrote in to me that he used to live on 49th street and uh he had to move out because they raised his rent by 700 dollars and uh you know at you know after the pandemic and it really kept so you know when we say it's a slower market there's not as many transactions because a lot of people with like low interest rates are not going to move and people are kind of a little uncertain but okay you're not going to see prices really drop i mean there's not an you know usually i think during the pandemic the, the national market was pretty much all the same um, you have to look in your in as richard said your individual area and i always tell buyers i mean sellers I say, you know what? 
Get your agent that you listed your home with to drive you in the car and look at your competition. See what somebody can buy at that price. And if you price your home nicely, um, you don't have a lot of competition today, um, you're going to get a, a good price. And for those people that bought at the height of the market, when we talked about 2007, the prices are way up. So you're still not going to lose. The only people that lose are people that have to buy at the height and then they have to sell when the market drops. But if you can hold it, and you know, Jonathan Miller does a great job on doing the market reports there on our Element site, you can see that over the long haul, real estate, you know, might have its dips, but it constantly go. you know, it's gone up and up and up. It's so. only gone up from, the, ch- the charts date from roughly 1930, if I'm not mistaken, on, um, you know, at least for the New York City area, and most of the metropolitan areas in the country. It's not a straight line up, but over time it is. Um, that very few Americans can say that they've lost money on a residential purchase. Obviously, some can, but the majority have made money. And it's the number one American asset is your home. But you know, Richard... If I go back to 2007, 2008, when, you know, it was kind of a mess, uh, a lot, they were giving mortgages at that time, which they don't now, but they were giving mortgages that if you had good credit, they called it stated income, which means I can make up any income I want and they didn't check. I could say, oh, I make $2 million a year. As long as your credit was good, they gave you a mortgage. And then what people were doing, and I remember... Some young agents that worked at Douglas Elliman, what they were doing is they would buy a house, they'd have it, and then they'd pull out the equity. So a lot, and a lot of people that had houses that were almost paid off pulled out equity, and that's great to do to take an equity loan if you need it for a reason. You know, maybe you want to put your kids through college, maybe you want to take a trip. You, but you got to be, you know, you have to use your common sense and talk to your accountant. You don't want to wipe out all your equity. So what happened was they wiped out so much equity because they took out these equity loans and used them for stupid things. And then when the market dropped, if they had to sell, they got hurt. If they didn't, if they hadn't done that with their equity, they would have been fine. Correct. And that was one of the big things then where so many Americans were forced to sell or foreclosed on in 2009 and 2010. But the reason was that they took equity out of their homes. That was the bulk. You're you're correct for bringing that um, into situation right now. There are very few residential foreclosures. There are some, and there are some very expensive ones right now. But any of the expensive ones are usually tied into a business loan that someone pledges their home for a business and the business goes under. Yeah. Uh, very few are actually a default on the actual mortgage um, on a traditional residential mortgage. Uh, but the for- foreclosure market in the New York area is not that strong. Uh, but what is strong is the desire to own a home. Oh, that's and, for sure. It's still okay. the American dream. It's the American dream, Dottie, and... Um, I I think we're going to have a commercial break in about a minute or so. So when we come back, I'll talk about the New York City double market. There's a renovated market and an unrenovated market. You won't want to miss that. 
You got inside information here. You can't get this from a paper. We'll be right back with Richard Ferrari. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows. Regular price is $69.98, now only $19.98, and just $10 more for king-size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to get Mike's amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for only $19.98, or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code JOEP. In addition to the special anniversary offer on the My Pillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all My Pillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, My Slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code JOEP to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his My Pillow. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes like Marine Corps Corporal Seth Rasmussen. Seth was one of five Marines killed in a training accident when his Osprey aircraft crashed in California. He was just 21 years old. Seth is survived by his wife and high school sweetheart Avery and their infant son. Tunnel to Towers reached out to Avery within days of Seth's death to tell her she would receive a mortgage-free home. Tunnel to Towers has helped over 1,000 military and first responder families navigate the worst of times by removing the burden of a mortgage payment. Support our nation's heroes and their families, please. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. It's T, the number two, T.org. More than 80 million Americans count on AM radio stations like this one. For news, important weather updates, and the opportunity to discuss and debate important issues facing our country. But some people want to remove AM radio from new cars being manufactured, and we cannot let that happen. The Senate Commerce Committee has approved the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act, Senate Bill 1669, and moved it on for a vote in the full Senate. The bill should also move quickly through the U.S. House. Your U.S. Senator and your representative in Congress are in your home state during the annual congressional recess this August. When you see your senator or congressman visiting your community, please tell them you want their support to keep AM radio strong, vibrant, and available to you in your car. This is your opportunity to stand up, be heard. Well, you can text AM to 52886. That's AM to 52886 to tell Congress to support AM radio. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. We know summer isn't over yet, and Bay Ridge Honda is turning up the heat by saving you $1,500. You heard that right, $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with them. They have been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years, serving the five boroughs. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. Right now, get 0% APR financing and 0 
down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your new car with Bayridge Honda. Even if you don't buy a car from Bayridge Honda, they will buy your car from you. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bayridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayridgeHonda.com. That's BayridgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. Sale ends August 30th, 2023. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I have Richard Ferrari, the CEO and president of the whole Northeast region, and Douglas Elliman. And we're talking about real estate uh, nationally in New York City, the tri-state. And by the way, Richard, I just got an te- email from someone who said, that Richard is fantastic. So I said he is. <laughs> so we were talking about real estate trends and what's going on in the market. And you were in the middle of talking about it. Uh, what do you see? Well, Dottie, right now, and if you're a suburban listener, this still applies to you. After COVID and during COVID, the cost to do a renovation on any home, whether it was in the suburbs or New York City apartments, skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. So in Manhattan right now, there's two markets. There's the unrenovated market and there's the renovated market. And it's a tale of two cities. They can be in the same building and the same block. One apartment will sell within 10 days. The other apartment will take a year to sell with three to five price reductions. Why? Because of the condition. In the past, Audie, when you sold, someone wanted to buy a house or an apartment, you know, a renovation would take anywhere from three to nine months, typically, maybe a year, but rarely more than that. Now we're talking, it can be up to a couple of years and extremely expensive. So the same apartment, the same six-room apartment in the same building, one might be on the market for $2.5 million, one might be on the, apart- on the market for one eight. Now the $2.5 million, because it's in mint condition, will probably sell, for, um, will probably sell um, within 10 days with numerous buyers. The one at one eight, which perceives to be the value, is the one that's going to sit. Now, you're a buyer, okay, which I always argue with agents and with the buying population that are friends, because I can argue with a friend. Right. What's a renovated home? Dottie, to me, what's renovated and to you, what's renovated can be two different things. That's true, Richard. You know, I never really thought about that, but you're absolutely right. I could look at a kitchen with 1940s cabinets that are wood and have no problem with them by repainting them and putting new hardware and then putting in a new sink and a new countertop and calling it a day and all new appliances and a new floor and maybe a new backsplash. Someone else has to gut the whole kitchen. Forget the cost. We're going on the time frame. What I just said can take someone a month to do. Yet gutting a whole kitchen can take three to four months to do. So if you're looking at a home and you want value, look at something that does need a lot of work. 
but then look at what you can do on renovating it to fit your life. Don't move walls. You move a wall, you change everything. Okay, you're changing electrical, you're changing heat, you're changing air conditioning. The original architects of a center hall colonial in the su- in the suburbs or a classic six in New York knew what they were doing. Yes, certain life changes where you want an open kitchen into a living room, that can be easy. But stick to the basics when you're doing a cleanup renovation, because that's where the value in a home lies. A cleanup renovation, not a gut renovation. Everyone says it's a gut. Might be to Dottie, but it's not to me. How many of us on this call, on this listening right now, live in a triple mint home? Very few, but you're happy where you live. And a cleanup can turn it psychologically into a triple mint home. And trust me, when you're bidding on a home that needs a lot of work, it's in your favor because the buyer calls the shots then. When you're bidding in an, in a home that is in triple mint condition, the seller calls the shots. Let me ask you, Richard. So what advice would you give to potential sellers if, you know, would you, as far as what, you know, what should they do in preparing their house for sale? Or well, you're saying that, Dottie, because as you know, I have a small apartment in Manhattan when I don't want to go back to New Jersey. Uh, I have a home in Montclair, New Jersey, that I'm probably thinking of selling like most people my age in my 60s, where some warm weather climate wouldn't be all that bad to own. Um, So I'm thinking of selling my Montclair home. It's not on the market and I'm not putting it on tomorrow. But what am I doing? I walked through the home a couple of weeks ago and took notes. As a buyer, everything that I would find a negative and would justify in bringing the price down. And that's what I'm cleaning up first before I put it on the market. Okay, am I putting in a new kitchen? No. Am I putting in one new bathroom? Yes, because one of the four bathrooms in the house is original from 1925, and you would think original is beautiful. The fixtures I'm going to keep, but by now the tiles are chipped, the floor is chipped. You know, it's going to be a big negative for someone coming in. I have a contractor who I went to high school with who still lives in town who will be doing it for me. I'm cleaning out the basement. I'm having the basement painted. The attic that I don't use, I'm making sure it's completely cleaned out. And um, a few other little things. There's a leak in the roof in the garage that will be fixed. There are no watermarks anywhere in the house, so I want to make sure. If there is a watermark, I'll have it fixed. But remember, you don't want to hold that back from a uh, buyer. You basically will disclose to a buyer that there was a leak, you had it fixed, here's the receipt. Let the buyer do their inspection. I would never advise to someone to just cover up a defect in a house. Fix the defect. Have your receipt. When it comes on the market, make sure you disclose it, and here was the remedy to it. Uh, you'll never lose with that attitude. Uh, but walk through your home and see what has to be done. That's the best advice 
I could give anyone. And if it's a single family home, do some landscaping, get some landscaping done because the first impression when someone part of the problem of working from home are the dogs are here and they bark. So I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the first impression when a buyer is going to any home, whether it's a single family home in the suburbs or a, uh, or an apartment in New York is first impression. Having a single family home in the suburbs, you control your landscaping. That's the first thing a buyer's going to look at when they come in, which does give the, um, it, it, it will typically set the pace of what the rest of the house is like. When you have impeccable landscaping, you usually are impeccable living inside as well. Not everyone's going to have impeccable landscaping, but make sure it's presentable. Make sure it's not an eyesore. Your value will go up with your landscaping. It's one of the best investments that anyone in a single family home can ever do to create more value and more equity in their home is landscaping. And it's something so many people overlook. I can do it myself. Yes, you can go to Home Depot and buy some bushes and put them in. But are they the right bushes? Are they going to live? Is there enough sunlight? I always say, discuss it with a professional. They know what to do. Yeah. I want to tell you something. It's a funny story. I don't know how many years ago it was, but maybe it was about eight or nine years ago. I think 2020, one of those kind of shows, asked me to – they gave me a house to go to that was – in an area of New York that I that Douglas Elliman really didn't deal with, so I didn't know the area, but it was a rundown house. Um, it had been on the market like almost a year with some other broker that I never heard of, uh, and they gave me I can't remember at the time. But I think it was not a lot of money. That was like thirty five hundred or five thousand dollars, and it was a small house. They said you have twenty four hours to take this money and clean up this house. Well, I'm on the floor, and I think I have a video somewhere I have to post of it. I'm on the floor calling every friend that I knew, every, every furniture person, every painter, everybody that I knew. And I said, you got to do me a favor. You have to do me a favor. And with a small amount of money, uh, first of all, we took all the furniture that was, you know, you don't want a cluttered house or, or apartment. You want to make it seem bigger. So we got rid of all of the furniture that was not needed they had we pulled up old rugs and underneath it was a hardwood floors that were very nice we had those redone quickly we did what you said Richard painted the cabinets gave the place a coat of paint and I'm going to give you the results of what happened right off the break I'll leave you on a cliffhanger Good, because, because I want incredible. to hear this, Dottie. This... <laughs> it really was an amazing thing. <laughs> okay, with a small amount of money, what we did. You have to have friends, though, but I, I'm telling you, I'm going to post that because you can't believe the transition we made with a small amount. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time. 
But Blazek College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. The first cohort began with 20 students and 18 successfully completed. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's incredible. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study like their School of Business or Paralegal Studies or School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's P-L-A-Z-A college dot E-D-U. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill, wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency. That'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM970. TheAnswer.com. Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. I'm Ferenc Toth, host of the Your Personal Bank Show. I use common sense as an entrepreneur, financial literacy educator, and speaker to understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Grow your money safely, reduce taxes, increase returns, and create positive arbitrage with your personal bank. Tune in to the Your Personal Bank Show Saturdays at 4 p.m. or contact parents at yourpersonalbank.com. The Your Personal Bank Show Saturdays at 4 p.m. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. AM970, the answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're here with 
Richard Ferrari, who is the CEO of Brokerage for Douglas Elliman for New York City and the Northeast region, and I must say a good friend. Um, and talking about, I was in the middle of talking about, a, a, the, I said about eight years ago, they 2020, I think it was channel, I don't know what channel it was too. Well, they gave me a small amount of money, and it was a dump. It wasn't our listing. It was not even in an area that I knew. Uh, Douglas Elliman didn't really cover that part of the, I don't remember exactly where it was. So anyhow, in 24 hours, we pulled off that they were old rugs. It was somebody's mother who was now too too old to stay alone, so she was moving with one of her children. And, it, you know, the house was just not done. So we did exactly what Richard said. First, we looked at the floor underneath the, the worn-out rugs, and they were hardwood floors, which were beautiful, pulled out the rugs, got rid of all this unnecessary junky furniture. And even if it was nice furniture, we would have gotten rid of it because it was too much and it made the apartment look cluttered. I had a window washer do all, clean all the windows. Um, and, of course, the house cleaned. And we painted the cabinets. As Richard said, you know, you don't have to buy new cabinets, nor would I try to do that. Um, basically, we did some minor things, okay, and... I have to tell you, not that I made any money on it, it wasn't our listing, but the house sold after being on the market almost a year. I think three weeks later it sold at the price it was asking for. So when people tell you, get you, it's like anything else. You prepare for a job interview. You want to know about the company. You want to look your best. Well, when you put your home on the market, you want it to be at its best. So you can talk to your real estate agent and ask them what to do. You don't, you know, no one's telling you you should spend millions of dollars, but it makes a difference because a lot of buyers can't see past it. But if you are a buyer and you happen to see a house that's kind of dirty or dingy or needs to be cleaned or is cluttered, don't let that throw you off because if you can vision, you know, you just want to have an engineer's report and make sure that it's not, Anything that's going to cost millions, like there's a bad roof or something if it's residential. But uh, you'd be surprised what a coat of paint can do. <laughs> well, Dottie, it's interesting because what you just described is the psychological aspect of a buyer who loves a home, doesn't want to buy it because they can't afford a full renovation. But when you do a partial cleanup, that individual, and Dottie, you've been there and I've been there. Yes. I can live with it. I want the house. I can live with it the way it is. I can't afford a renovation, but it's livable. It doesn't really need it. Okay, compared to before the minor stuff is done, it's not livable. It needs a full renovation. Let's pass on it. Um, you, you hit it on the nose. A little bit of a cleanup goes a long ways when you're selling a home and when you're buying a home um, when something is livable you're getting value you're buying in that unrenovated market which can be 20 or 25 or 30 percent or 35 percent lower than a renovated market for the same home yeah and you know Richard I, I come from the same era that you did and so you know my dad always said you know you know you work and you do a little at a time and so that's how I grew up. So when I bought my first house, you know, I'll never forget, you know, there was a, the bedrooms were small and in the interim, my father built me a, uh, and I had no closet space 
and my father built a big closet, which he used shower doors to open them, okay? It wasn't the best, but that's really how I started with real estate. I parlayed that into, you know, I sold it after a while, and then I, oh, I sold it, I rented it, and after I lived in it for a while, I rented it, but you know what? I think today's buyers are a little bit different, and I know, hey, we all would want to have everything perfect day one. But, you know, I always say take a pencil and paper and make a list and on the side have must-haves and then have want-to-have. And put what your needs are that you must have. And the want-to-haves, that's a second story, you know. Um, you know, I just think, think people are impatient today and so they want everything done right away. And if you can afford that, so be it. But you can get, well, like Well, Dottie, said, it's interesting in what you're saying is, so true, but it also goes into what you always taught me, location, location, location. Yes, yes, um, yes. But locations are changing now. They are. As you know, Dottie, when I first moved to Sac Harbor 25 years ago, it was it, not prime location. You can't even I go. I don't even want to go there anymore. You can't find a spot. It takes an hour and a half. Find, but I live right in town now. I moved about 19 months ago. I'm right by the library in town. So oh, most good. of my friends, when they come to dinner, they park in my driveway and they walk. But it's, it's um, locations do change. Locations tend to get better. So if you can't afford, if you can't afford a renovated home, but you're willing to go for a cleanup, which is great. If you can't afford a specific neighborhood or a specific block, but you can afford to get close to it, that location typically does get better. You know, I was in Gowanus a couple of weeks ago, and it appeared to me that, that there was more construction going in Gowanus in Brooklyn than any place I've seen in the New York area. And what do we know about Gowanus that we believe, that we think? It's the oil tanks. But there's a beautiful neighborhood in Gowanus of residential, and buildings are going up everywhere. Renovation is happening everywhere. Probably a location that 10 years ago you wouldn't have looked at as a potential A location, but it is now. And there's more. Find them. Go out there. It's there. Drive around. Walk around. Wherever a neighborhood changes, if you can't afford, I can't afford the West Village, but I can walk to the West Village from where I am in Chelsea. You well, know, also, it, you, you should look. You can, I tell people, you know, the Bronx made a comeback. And I will tell people, if you... Go to an area that's a little outside, like on the outskirts of the area that you want in. If you look and if you see businesses there and if you see stores opening up, and although, you know, now is a tough time, a lot of retailers are closing, not due to the area because people got used to shopping online. Uh, you, if you see things going on, restaurants and, and, and movement and, and, and businesses, um, that's something to look at. And although you're right, Sag Harbor 10, 15 years ago was a wonderful place, but it was like the Unhamptons. Now, yeah. I mean, you can't even forget about it. It's And it's forget jammed. That. But it's interesting jammed. you're saying about the Bronx. This morning, what I do in Sag Harbor, get up at 7, 7, 15. I walk a couple hundred yards into town with the dog and I buy a cup of coffee. There this morning was a former assistant of mine um, who's no longer in the real estate business but is very successful at what he does, uh, married with two children, 
And where is he living now? In the Bronx, because he bought a three-bedroom apartment six or seven years ago at a very reasonable price that he says it's doubled or tripled in value. And I said, the Bronx, and he goes, I'm half a block to subway station. I'm back in Manhattan, and I'm back in Midtown in 15 minutes. It's nothing. Um, But the Bronx is the borough that has potential. If you go back, Richard, how did Brooklyn become so hot? Because people couldn't couldn't afford New York City, so they moved to Brooklyn, and now Brooklyn is just about as high as New York City. So, you know. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had to go up to look at an element exclusive. It was in Riverdale in the Bronx. But it was a part of Riverdale that I'd never been to. And it was a 1920s co-op on the water, two buildings with unbelievable views of the Hudson. I thought I was in London, okay, because that's how stunning it was. And I still thought, wow, this two-bedroom duplex for the price it was on was such value. Granted, it's not Manhattan, and I don't know the values in the Bronx that well. Uh, but I spoke to the broker yesterday, and she has a lot of activity on it, but it's not sold. But it was one of the most beautiful homes, co-ops, that I have been in in years. And all had to do with the location on the water with the views of the Hudson pre-war with the, uh, uh, on a duplex with the terrace. I mean, it's the housing that you can find outside of Manhattan in certain areas of the other four boroughs is amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, but let me just say this. We are expected probably to have a shortage in inventory for a bit, you know, for a while. I mean, I don't, you know, everyone asks me, Jay, should I wait? I'm like, no, if you find the property that you want, you should just buy it. Um, there's, there's, I don't see prices dropping, dropping. I think they're kind of, you know, at a standstill. Uh, but, Okay, I hear you. So you also have to be, you know, it's work. When your broker calls you up and says there's something new on the market that you haven't seen, you got to go there and get there because there is a shortage of inventory. Um, And so if you're not there, if you know, say, you know, even and even if it's work and you end up not liking the place, you got to you got to move it and get on it. Okay, because when there's little inventory, then there's not a lot of choices. Um, if you want to, you know, it's 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 a, a job. But if there was a lot of inventory, um, that's also a job because you can get all mixed up. But the real estate market, in my opinion, really, if you're if you're someone who's renting, um, as I said, unless you just don't want any responsibilities of, of owning a home or you think you're going to move in the next couple of years. Uh, and the rents are not cheap anywhere. I mean, they're no, the they're highest. not. They're not cheap anywhere. You, at the, uh, you are. I mean, I don't want to say the number because it's astronomical. Dottie, my previous home in Sac Harbor, I, it was a small three-bedroom ranch, but I did landscape, is what I was saying, and put in a pool. And I heard last night because I was with the broker who sold the house 18 months ago. The year-round rent on that house is something inconceivable. Had I known it was worth that much, I probably would have kept it on the rental market. But rents are through the roof everywhere, right? Everywhere. So, you know, 
my best advice to everybody listening is if you're a seller and you're going to plan to move in the next year or two, do it now. Um, and if you're a buyer, okay, don't, don't be discouraged. Just know it's work to look for houses, but you got to be on it. You have to be quick. You have to work with a good broker and work with a broker who knows the area. Okay. And when that broker calls you up and says, there's something that just came out, go right away and see it. Don't waste your time and sit around because things fly off the roof. I mean, you know, when there's no inventory and Richard, uh, you yeah. know, you have to come back again. You know, Richard will be back. because. Yeah. Um, but truthfully, I think everyone asks me, is this a buyer's market or is it a seller's market? I'm not sure what it is, really. <laughs> well, as I was saying earlier, certain if you're in Manhattan and you're looking at an unrenovated apartment, it's a buyer's market. If you're in the suburbs and you're looking at a house that's a wreck, it's not as much of a seller's market because there'll be hesitation from buyers, which brings that meter down. If you're in Manhattan and it's triple mint, it's a seller's market. Suburbs, it's a seller's market in triple mint also. And it's a seller's market in the what is perceived as the best location in the suburbs. But you look at a location that's very close, might be the next town over. Um, all school systems are good now. There's no school systems that aren't. So the old where people, oh, I only want a specific school right, system, right. I don't buy it anymore. All American public school, or I shouldn't say I don't know all about America, but the New York area has no bad public school systems anymore. And look at that, you know, make some my compromises a teacher, as a so buyer, but buy a home. Don't yeah. wait, is my opinion. Buy a home, get an adjustable rate mortgage. You can always refinance and move on with your life because quality of life is what brings happy people. And it brings a happy, whatever your family makeup is, because everybody's is different today. Um, it makes everyone you live with happy when you love the home you live in. And that's the most important aspect of buying real estate is loving the home that you're going to live in. No, that, you couldn't have said it any better. What do they say? Home is where the heart is. I have something in my kitchen that says that. Um, yeah. So, like, for the last-minute tips, I know that we're coming to the end of the hour. Um, Richard, you do have to come back. Will do, Dottie, you should, of course. You, you, you were just fantastic, and you're a wealth of knowledge. Listen, if you need any information, just call us, and I'll send you to Richard, and he can help you out or send you with somebody that can. Um, we'll be Dottie, right back. Thank you. You're welcome. Perfect. We're going to have Lois Weiss, who's going to write for the commercial end of it. And she'll be on at the beginning of the first, second hour of our show. Boy, does time go fast when you're enjoying it. That Richard it does. Love you, Richard. Love you too, Dottie. Thanks. I'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye.
The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.